Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guest and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Hello, Be Inspired audience. I'm here today with one of my favorite people, John Yamaris. And John, I believe this is the fourth time we're meeting like this. Am I right about that? Might even be the fifth. Is that right? Yes. But we, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a full year or it's not, it's not the perfect year until I have a conversation with John. Now, John is one of my favorite writers and has submitted work to the anthologies that Studio B produces for, gosh, probably almost five years at least, at least. I just remember reading about you in the Reading Eagle and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to love this guy's poetry. And so let's talk (laughs) a little bit about your poetry. And we'll give a little resume here so that people know you're somebody to pay attention to. You have written how many books? I think my 37th is coming out in November. And um, I'm known primarily for my poetry, uh, but I've also published two really bad novels, (laughs) three books about what it was like, two books about what it was like growing up back in the 50s, a book about the dogs we've had in our life and loved, and uh, a children's book. So I'm I'm primarily a writer of poetry, but I... And thousands of articles, is that right? Uh, not articles, poems published in magazines around the world. I've recently had, um, passed my 3000th publication. Wow. So, uh, and again, the, the, the response to that is usually wow. And oh man, that's neat. But that, and I say this every time you and I talk, uh, that happened one day at a time, one poem at a time, one submission at a time. And you, talking about submission and talking about promoting, you let no grass grow under your feet. You are regularly, first of all, regularly working every day every writing day. poetry. Absolutely. And every day I'm sure also figuring out where I can where you can submit this poem or that poem or contact somebody to help you get the word out about your stuff. Talk about since, that. Since since I was a kid and, I, and I'm 72 years old now. Maybe in my head I'm still a kid, but uh my body tells me otherwise. But since I was a kid, I've made it a practice to try every day to do something to take my work one step forward. I try to write something, doesn't always happen, but that's the goal. I also try to send something out or or 
or correct something or or contact someone do at least one thing every day and it adds up it accumulates and do it every day every day and you'll get 3000 pieces published i'm not that smart i'm not that talented but i work hard anybody could do that you are very talented just to correct you now one of the most impressive things i think most recently beyond everything you've mentioned so far is that you are now translated into another language Talk about that, please. How well, did that happen, first of all? Dumb luck and doing something every day. But it's actually my second book to be published in Europe in translation. Um, the translator, a gentleman named Fadil Bagraj, I'm sure I'm butchering the guy's name and he's a real gentleman. He's known over the course of his career for translating books by people like Allen Ginsberg, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald. How did he find you? I don't know. I think he was slumming one day <laughs> or ran out of real writers and he decided to shine his light on me. But I've been very fortunate and I just had a new book come out in Albania, Romania, and I think three other countries translated into Albanian, and it just came out in hardcover. It looks really neat. Hardcover <laughs> with one of those ribbons down the center of it, and it looks really neat, and I'm really proud to have oh, that. Oh, you should be. You must send me a photo when you get I will. of that, because I will include a photo of that in the article that I write here. Uh, hey, speaking of photos of that, <laughs> uh, a, a photographer in Europe took a really neat photo of that book sitting on a table uh, in the midst of a crowd in a restaurant, and uh, that's going to be part of the cover for my next book. For which your will be out next in, book. Yeah. What's the title of your next one? I can't tell you. Right oh, now. gosh. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, I totally appreciate uh, that. Well, there's a subtitle. The, the, the main title is People. It's going to be portraits of people oh that I've contacted and known. And Well, then next year, should I be funded for my project that you and I were talking about earlier, I am, colon, proud, we will certainly have to have a reading of your work, as just your work, or something, during that particular That's a exhibit. deal. Doesn't that sound good? The, the book will be called People with a subtitle that, that course, I can't tell you about. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and I'd love to do something. That would you be know, so fun. Um, we talked briefly about this before we started recording, and I said I, I do a lot of podcasts and interviews and things like that, and normally I just like to wing it. But speaking <laughs> with you, I always feel... Like I'm talking up. I, I, oh, you're so, I, that's I, so I, funny. I, I feel really good talking with you. And meeting with you, I actually have a sheet full of notes. Notes. <laughs> so I make sure I cover all the things I want oh, to talk so about. Oh, you're so funny. But when you write to me and give me suggestions about pieces of literature I should read, I'm always impressed okay. by what you know. <sighs> <laughs> okay, right now I'm on a, I'm on an Edna Ferber kick. Oh. Edna okay. Ferber for people who don't know was big in the 20s and 30s mm -hmm. and uh 
One of her biggest novels was Giant, which was turned into a James Dean movie. And uh, she wrote so big, she wrote the book Showboat, which got turned into the classic uh, Broadway play. Edna Ferber, she was really, really good, and she's kind of forgotten these days. Yeah, Um, yeah, but there are so many titles, and that... Oh, My Antonia by Willa Cather, one of my favorites. You and I seem to love the same kind of books, like uh, uh, Dandelion Wine by Ray Bradbury. Yes. I'm reading now a book from 1960 by a gentleman called Tobias Wolfe. His book is called Old School. Okay. And I won't say anything about the book, but if if you like dandelion wine, if you I like, I do. I love Tobias Wolf. Yep, Theodore okay. Dreiser. I'm also reading for the seventh time an American tragedy, which is one of the greatest. How does that books. hit you? Where does why the seventh time? That must touch something in your soul. What is it? Something. Some books, that's why they're... Cl- you, I, I, you can see I've got goosebumps just thinking about it. And that's right. They touch something in my soul. I've read all of Proust probably a dozen times. Wow. And each time it just gives me more and more. Now, does it take you to what we might call... Uh, I've lost the word. Oh, gosh. Um... Being in the moment, that's not the word I want. You mean want. reading Proust? Reading any of these. It, what, it, what do these pieces do for you? This is what I'm exploring. Oh, boy. They make, I mean, they, make, they make me feel good. They make me feel new. They make me remember. Uh, reading Proust, it's like jumping into a warm bed with big, fluffy covers. No kidding. It, it, it does that to me. But I don't remember Dreiser. As an author who would put you in that space. Oh, no, no. An American tragedy is is a whole different space in itself. But again, reading that, I'm still discovering new things in that book. And, And when I find a book, or not necessarily a book, maybe a piece of music, if I immediately respond to it, I find that it's not worth as much as something that I have to work to understand. Yes. It's it's like jazz. And and, and we were talking about the process. The, yes. The I wanted to process. go back there. Thank yes. you. Yes. Go. Jazz kind of made me get to that point where I wanted to bring that up. Somebody asked me, there was a, a recent review of my work that, that made me The review came out, and I said to my wife, gee, I didn't know I was that smart. And And she said, I didn't know that either. (laughs) And before you move on from that, I want to tell our audience that I'm going to put the link to that uh, review because it's amazing. It's so right on about John's poetry and what's so great about it. I'm going to put that in the episode notes. Thank you. So uh, please, audience, visit that review because I'm sure we won't get to all the points of it in our discussion here, but it is so well written and so right on about John. And, 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 and right on in the process. And, and we were talking about this last night with friends of ours. And I, I, I said the process, looking at it coldly, you, you want to get from point A to point Z. But 
I've been doing this so long that I don't sit down and say, I want to get from point A to point Z. It's part of who you are. It's it's like being a jazz musician. You know that hitting this series of notes is going to get a certain response, but in the heat of the moment, you don't think about that. You just know it's going to happen. And and again, when I talk to you, again, I'm getting goosebumps just (laughs) talking about the creative process. Yes. You know, I get in here and I look at the art gallery and all these beautiful things on the wall and I think how terrific it is to be, how lucky we are to be creative people. I mean, you get up in the morning, have your cup of coffee downstairs, pet the dog, all those kinds of things, but but then you keep a list of things you want to write about. The process. No, I don't keep a list of things I want Where to write. Where does it come I, I'm not from? one of those writers who keeps a stack of things in progress. Uh, at this point in my life, again, I'm 72. I've reached the point where I sit down and I do it, and and you immediately know if it's good or if you got to throw it out. So I sit down and and I just see what happens see what's going on I, I here see what's going on i don't sit down with a plan usually i i i'm not that smart usually if i sit down with a plan i screw it up mm-hmm. so i i i just let my my inside tell me where i'm going and 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 a couple of poems just to just as examples <clears throat> one of the poems in one of his later books latest books 24 poems he talks about leaving the gallery, Studio B, after a writer <laughs> event, you know, and spilling wine. You know, there's an event that you made something, you made a poem about that. You Did you go home the next morning, feel terrible about having ruined this piece of paper or this book or something, and then you said, there might be a poem in there? I, I did. Even simpler than that, I just start writing, and my heart tells me where where to go, where it's going to take me. Uh, I was talking to a reporter the other day uh, mm-hmm. uh, about a poem that was in my selected poems, the director's cut book, the five hundred page one, five hundred forty two <laughs> page monster. There's a whole story about that. One. It's great. I love it. I but recommend it, folks. <laughs> The the poem was about this old woman that hung out in the neighborhood bar where I was growing up. And I won't go into the whole story, but uh, uh, the reporter said to me that, that that's a great story, a great poem, a great piece of writing. And I wrote back to him and said, the whole thing is true. I owe it just to that lady. And he said, no, you were fortunate enough to be around and to document it. And I think rather than being described as a poet, I'd like to be almost a a reporter of sorts. Yes, that's exactly what you are. A reporter of nothing. Exactly. (laughs) Talk about that. Well, when you say a reporter of nothing... 
somebody you mean, said you mean to it, you. Oh, yeah. And you mean it in a specific way. Yes. The nothing that I mean is that I write about those little small moments that people ignore and, and don't think about until they're gone. And when that nothing is gone, then you miss it and you know that it meant everything to you. It's a wabi-sabi kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's a wabi-sabi kind of a, a way of seeing the world. It's like, let's pay attention to this because it's what? Because it's beautiful, because it's sad, because it is, because it is. Because it is. You, you know, More I've, than I've, anything, just because it is. I've written poems about a stupid hair on my nose that keeps on coming <laughs> back. Those little moments are what make life interesting and enjoyable. And, and you know, yeah, I'm not talented enough to, to be able to shine a light on the great moments in life. For me, my talent is shining a light into the corners well, of the little minute. moments. We talked earlier about a poem that does exactly what you said you don't do. The one of few words about the last time and not knowing it is. It's, I, 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 it's only I forget. I don't have it in front of me uh, and I'm going from memory and it's going to be in my new book and it's just very short, 10, 11, 12 words, something like that. And it goes, nobody knows the last time is the last time until it is. That is so profound. That's, you know, po poetry is supposed to be about saying as much as you can in, in as few, few words, words as, as possible. possible. And I take that very seriously. Most writers, especially aspiring writers, new writers, want to show off and show how smart they are. And I've learned that I'm not very smart. <laughs> and, and that by saying as little as possible, that also allows the reader to create their own pictures out of what you've shown yes. them. Yes, yes. And you have talked about that, I think, in some of our previous uh, mm -hmm. podcast episodes about allowing the reader to, 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 to go places triggered by something you have written. Mm -hmm. You know, that we take our own subjective experience into. Well, yeah, I, I talk about that, especially being in the art gallery here. I, I see all these things that are collected together in frames. And all I'm doing with my poems is shine, putting a little few words inside of a frame. But there's so much more going on outside the frame. Yeah. And that's the part that the reader adds to the poem and and the frame makes us look at it. And it, that's what perfect, you do. Perfect. The, the frame makes us look at it. Yeah. Man, you're good. That's why I took notes before <laughs> I came down to talk to you. Well, now, John, this may be uh, redundant based on what we have talked about today and in previous episodes. And once again, audience, you will find three or four maybe episodes, uh, conversations with John over the past three and some years. But, um, you know, it's, it's just great that we have these moments to talk about literature. Not everybody does. Do you have friends with whom you can talk about these kinds of things? 
a, a lot of people online, and most of the friends I have that I can talk about these things are in my head. <laughs> I, I have a wild, strange, and odd interior life. We were talking about Proust earlier. I still don't know how to pronounce his name, although I've been reading them for 50 years. <laughs> I've been reading the memoirs of, and I had to write it down, Francois Chateaubriand. He he wrote a massive autobiography back in the 1840s. And it's amazing how much of an influence he was on Proust. On Proust. And if... Read René Francois Chateaubriand, and it's called Memoirs from Beyond the Grave. And it's, it's remarkable. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about, since we are in the art gallery and the exhibit is legacy, and once again, this may be a little redundant, but how, what, what do you want your legacy to be? I, I, I don't want to think about things like that, but I think if I had to have something on my tombstone, it would probably read, he was not afraid to fail. Wow, that's huge. Think about all the people we know who do what they do out of fear. Or don't do what they do. Think of all the things you miss because you think, oh, I'm not going to like that. Oh, I might not be able to do that. Or people will think something or other. Yeah. Now, where did that come from? John? I don't know. I mean, did you, did you in your mind... Forgive for this question, but did you in your mind fail so miserably at one point in your life? It's like, screw it. Nothing to lose. No, I don't think so. But I've always had that attitude. You know, that, that uh, jumping out a window and screaming Yahoo all the way down. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that comes. I don't want to, to uh, minimize this. But sometimes that comes from a mother who just adores us. Well, yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I've got one of those. I'll I accept one that. Of those. Yeah. But I, I have to tell you, and I, I know we're coming to the close of our conversation. Uh, number one, I got to get the plug in. If anybody wants to get my 24 poems, it's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. 24 poems by John Yamaris. And also understand how lucky I am. I'm sitting here in a room surrounded by wonderful art, surrounded by a wonderful lady who I enjoy talking with. <laughs> and right here now at my feet is a wonderful <laughs> sleeping, snoring, black and white dog. And it doesn't get any better it than really that. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. John, thank you so much for being part, again, of the Be Inspired podcast. And we'll look forward to your next book, People. the title of which we're not disclosing at this point. <laughs> But we'll look forward to your next book and for, hopefully, you know, a, 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 an opportunity to explore more of these kinds of things with you in future episodes and maybe next year during a special workshop. Anytime. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you 
to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.